Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Hey, welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast for Saturday, August 7th. 2021. My name is Steve Baldwin. And you get me solo today. Nobody else is on the show. That's right. I am flying Han Solo today because, well, it was a crazy week. We could not get together. We could not find the time to get together. And I will fully admit it's 95% my fault. Um, Where do I begin? It's a little bit of a crazy time for everyone on the show. We're all very busy. We're all working adults. And uh, one of us on the show works for the public health department. Steve. That's true. And frankly, it's a crazy time for us in public health. We've You may have heard that there's a, um, a global pandemic, uh, and that is impacting our work. We normally record on Wednesday night, and I think I worked a 12 or 14 hour day on Wednesday, and it was just too much. I got to the end of the day and messaged the guys and said I couldn't do it. I was admittedly a little glad when Dave wrote back two hours later and said, oh, I'm so busy. I forgot it was time to record the show also. Scott is swamped with multiple projects. Greg had something going on. And Nico was Nico. God, Nico. So we just couldn't get it done this week. But I woke up this morning, Saturday, uh, August 7th, as I record the show, and I couldn't let some things go. I had to get behind the microphone and share. Can't just do that. Oh, yes, I can. Just listen. There's just some Star Wars news going on this week. There's actually three stories that I want to share with you guys today and a major, major update for the Wretched Hive podcast that I'm going to save till the end. So that's the teaser. Uh, That's the teaser. Big update for the end of the show. I think you're going to be excited about this one. All right. So with that, let's dive into the news. Here we go. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. All right. I have been a shill for the Bad Batch. And I will fully admit, the Bad Batch has had its ups and it's had its downs. Um, I get a lot of grief on the show for promoting the show. Oh, it's a kid's show. Oh, you can only be watching it if you're a kid. Oh, you shouldn't be watching it if you're a 50-year-old man. You know what? Screw you. Screw you and your 50-year-old man comments, Greg Lent and Dave Potter. This show is fantastic. And this week's episode, which is part one of two of the season finale of The Bad Batch, I'm telling you, if you're not watching The Bad Batch, you're missing out on some great Star Wars. And I just watched it for the second time right before uh, jumping on here. And I can't tell you how much you guys need to be watching the show. It's so good. All right. So this is my opportunity to do a little solo review of a, of a full episode of The Bad Batch. So I'm going to take 
Uh, I'm going to take this opportunity to do just that. So again, this is uh, part one of two season finale. It's called Return to Camino. That's right. Camino, the planet Camino, where the cloners live, where the clones were born, if you will, or created. Uh, there's some stuff here that you need to watch the entire episode to get. I'm not going to get too far into it, into the the background on some of this. So I'm going to offer my apologies on that now. But I'll just I'll just, I'm just going to dive right in and 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 do my best from memory to um, to break the show down and give as much history as I can. I'm probably not going to do a great job, but just go back and watch it, you guys. It's 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 worth a viewing. All right, so we start off the show with, at the end of the previous episode, Hunter, which is one of the Clone Force 99 troops, is, is captured. And he's being held by another former Clone Force 99 um, ally named Crosshair, actually member of Clone Force 99, which, who's Crosshair. Crosshair is now... Um, uh, al- aligned himself with the Empire. So Crosshair is holding Hunter and he uses Hunter's comm. He activates the comm as a trap to signal the rest of Clone Force 99 to bait them into coming to rescue him. So he's setting a trap. It's a trap. Meanwhile, Omega, who, by the way, by far the most adorable character in Star Wars next to, next to R2-D2, Maybe R2-D2 is 1A and Omega is 1B. She's desperate to get back and and rescue Hunter. So they're repairing this uh, Imperial transport that they've stolen. Does that sound familiar? And so they're repairing the ship and they realize that, oh, Hunter's comm device is activated and he's no longer where they left him. He's now on Camino with the cloners. Visuals of the ship flying into Camino, absolutely stunning. The visuals and the sound design on this show are incredible. The music as ships are flying into Camino, um, straight out of episode two. The beautiful thing about this show for the last two episodes, they are taking musical cues that we have not heard since the films. Last week's episode, which I can't remember the name, the, the title right now, there were musical cues in that episode that were from uh, episode four, A New Hope, that we have not heard since then. Seriously, go check it out and just listen. It, it's incredible. Uh, the music in this episode with Camino obviously uh, taken straight from episode two, Attack of the Clones. So good. So Omega leads the crew down to the um, down to Camino in the Imperial transport. They find a landing pad in the middle of the water. Of course, the entire planet is, is uh, an ocean. It's covered with water. And the landing pad rises up through the water. Really cool, again, uh, visually. Uh, the sound design here, absolutely spectacular. I was watching with um, headphones on, and the the depth of sound... Um, the surround sound with headphones on, really, really great. David Collins and the team there at Lucasfilm doing a great job with the sound design. They're just killing it. All right, so they transport, Clone Force 99 then transports via this tube system, also that we've never seen before in the films. So once again, um, the Bad Batch contributing to canon, there's a, there's a tube system on Kamino that we've never seen. 
there's sort of like these pods uh, that are like semi-transparent pods, very cool design that go through the water and uh, under and through the water and rise up into the sort of the city area, the base there on Camino. And I, I'm sorry, I don't know the name. I should have captured, uh, I, I should have researched that, but the name of the city on Camino, you guys are probably yelling it into your um, cars or um, into the air <laughs> on your walks or wherever you're listening to this. Um, the tunnel goes straight into the private research lab where Clone Force 99 was developed, was born. And uh, Clone Force 99 recognizes this. And actually, Omega tells her her um, partners that, yeah, this is where this is where we came from. So let's see. So they, they quickly realize that clone troopers are have been reassigned and sent off world and new troops, so-called TK troopers, by the way, with armor designs straight up from Ralph McQuarrie. Uh, sketchbooks have taken their place. Um, and we saw them actually in last week's episode also. So we're seeing the transition from the clones to the TK style troopers. Again, something that we have not seen before that transition period between the clones and the TKs. Super cool. At this point, the team splits up, um, leaving Omega on her own. The rest of Clone Force 99 is captured at gunpoint by Crosshair and uh, some TK troopers. I swear one of the TK troopers sounds like an actor. I can't place it right now, but it'll come to me. So I'm wondering if there's a little hidden uh, appearance by a very famous actor. It'll pop in my head. I'm, I hope. Um, <laughs> what is his name? Omega hatches a plan in the meantime to to release super battle droids as Clone Force 99 is being held in like a battle arena, but she's captured while Crosshair tries to convince Clone Force 99 to, to come to the Empire and become part of the Empire. Meanwhile, Imperial forces are pulling back and out into the old uh, Venator-class warships. They're like the precursors for the Star Destroyers, uh, you know, that we see in the prequels. And such a cool scene who is the Imperial commander on the Venator class warship getting instructions from on the bridge? None other than Tarkin himself, who's only on screen for like 10 seconds, but who delivers the line, you may fire when ready. So awesome. I got chills when he delivered that line. That was really cool. So Clone Force 99 enters into this battle with, you know, the super battle droids. Crosshair in the meantime, well, after the battle reveals that well, sorry, let me back up. Hunter says, you know, it's this isn't you. You know, come with us. This is your inhibitor chip. And Crosshair says, no, no, no. My chip was removed a long time ago. This is me. Um, I, I, I want to be part of the Empire, and you should too. And um, it, they have a final standoff. And in like a, a showdown between Hunter and Crosshair, Hunter kills Crosshair. In what was a fairly stunning moment on the show... These two face each other down and and Hunter just flat out blasts him. Pretty stunning. So as as Clone Force 99 is running out, there's the final shots of Camino, of the city on Camino. Dave Filoni here at his best, uh, showing empty shots of of the the 
I don't know, like the cafeteria and the bunks, you know, where the clone troopers um, once lived and the the pods where the clones were grown that that we see in um, in the films they're they're just empty and it's a ghost town and it's just beautiful and chilling and sad and and ghostly and it's it's just wonderful and the imperial ships rise up out of the clouds and just rain down artillery on on Camino and just Wow, my God, the visuals are so stunning here. I just, I can't say this enough. If you are a fan of Star Wars and you even remotely enjoy paying attention to the canon and the mythology of the series, you need to be watching this show. Go back, if you don't want to watch from the beginning, which I think is a mistake, but just go back and watch the last five episodes of of season one of The Bad Batch. You will not be disappointed. It's a great show. All right. With that, I'm going to move on to the next story that I wanted to share, which is J.W. Rinsler's passing. Uh, J.W. Rinsler was an author, and he uh, had a, a, a great career, actually, as a, a best-selling author of um, books about cinematic history. And uh, he wrote um, under the name J.W. Rinsler, but he his name was Jonathan. So Jonathan Rinsler, he died peacefully on July 28th at his home after an 11 month battle with pancreatic cancer. He was only 58. Um, and uh, I'm reading from Berkeley Side. It's uh, berkeleyside.org. He spent his childhood in Berkeley. And so was a was a was his hometown. He went to Berkeley High School. Rinsler joined Lucasfilm in 2001 and became the executive editor of its publishing arm, Lucas Books. And for over 15 years, I'm reading from directly from the website now. He authored an extensive body of Star Wars-related publications, including *The Making of Star Wars*, which was a New York Times bestseller. The Making of the Empire Strikes Back, The Making of the of Return of the Jedi, Star Wars, The Blueprints, and The Sounds of Star Wars. And I read The Making of Star Wars. I have the iPad um, version of the book, which is really cool because there's hypertext links in the copy. And so you can, you can click on those and go to different websites and um photos and and audio links and stuff and so it's very interactive um and that uh book um really garnered rinsler widespread critical praise um for establishing a new standard of and again reading from the website meticulous archival research including in-depth interviews with key film cast and crew members the london times wrote quote for anyone who has the force with them this awesomely nerdy tome is a gift from heaven. And from Film Review, quote, a book like this simply blows everything else out of the water. All told, um, Rinsler wrote over 25 books, including three New York Times bestsellers and one London Times bestseller. In addition to multiple books about Star Wars and Indiana Jones, he wrote The Making of Aliens, The Making of Planet of the Apes, 
the making of Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, which I did not know that he wrote, and I want to pick that up, and and others. So sad, sad loss uh, for Star Wars and the Star Wars community, and um, he was a good interview. Uh, he was making the rounds. He obviously, I think looking back now, knew that he was you know, struggling with maybe the end of his life. And he was making the rounds the last few years. He did a lot of interviews. It's also worth noting that Rinsler and Lucasfilm had a bit of a falling out. Uh, he, he started a blog called The Rise and Fall of Star Wars. I'm now uh, taking a look at a website called piratesandprincesses.net. as an article called Former Lucasfilm writer had tell-all blog taken down by Disney, book canceled. Uh, And this is written by PNP Newsroom, dated June 20, sorry, June 9th, 2020. Starts out with, uh, there's been a disturbance in the force. Former Lucasfilm writer J.W. Rinsler, author of many Star Wars making of books, once had a blog talking about the behind-the-scenes drama at Lucasfilm during the Disney acquisition. That blog was titled The Rise and Fall of Star Wars. Ouch. That blog has since been taken down by request, or demand, of Disney, and Rinsler had a making of book canceled by the mouse, The Making of the Force Awakens. Now, what's interesting about this is um, also that you can, on this article, um, they've archived Rinsler's blog called The Rise and Fall of Star Wars. But more importantly than the, the controversial pieces that led him um, to um, become estranged from, from Disney and, and Lucasfilm is really the body of the man's work. And I, I highly encourage you to go back, um, again, if you're interested in Star Wars history and the making of Star Wars, um, the book, The Making of Star Wars, that he authored is just a masterwork in in research, and you gain so much from, from reading that book. One of the things that I thought was really fascinating about that book was that in just reinforcing my understanding about the number of scripts and how really the first movie was just a mess <laughs> to, to, um, to the casual observer and casual Star Wars fan, uh, and and really to anyone, there's no doubt the film is a masterpiece. But it's sort of like looking at how the sausage is made is just fascinating. And there were just multiple revisions to the script. I mean, we're talking like seven or eight um, until they finally nailed it down while they were filming. Of course, Lucas ending up in the hospital famously because he was you know overworked and stressed and. All of that is chronicled and more, and much, much more in Jonathan J.W. Rinsler's book, The Making of Star Wars. Highly recommend it. We would like to extend our best wishes to the Rinsler family and his his friends and loved ones at this time. And uh, Mr. Mr. Rinsler, to you, sir, um, Godspeed. All right, final story that I wanted to touch on today. The Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. This is making the news this week because Disney released the official release video for the hotel. That is the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Now, 
Uh, I'm I'm looking at uh, DisneyWorld.Disney.Go.com, but you can Google. It's all over the news this week. CNET is is a good article about it also that I've got pulled up here in front of me. Title of the article is Star Wars Galactic Star Cruisers Immersive Weekend Will Cost You At Least. Okay, sit down. This is for a weekend at a hotel. Not just a hotel. We'll get into that, but... It's going to cost you $4,800 to spend the weekend for a two-night Disney World hotel stay. $4,800. But let's get let's get into what exactly you get with this. First of all, you got to go see this video. The video looks pretty amazing. There's like a hotel bar. You sit down and you're sitting across from a Twi'lek and you click glasses with a Twi'lek. So it's it's fully immersive. It's not you're not just staying at a hotel, okay? It's a fully immersive experience. And I'm reading from CNET here. Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser is an upcoming, fully immersive, two-night Disney World hotel experience that looks absolutely incredible. The Florida attraction also has an absolutely incredible price. $4,809 for two guests, including, uh, sorry, working out at just over $1,200 per guest per night. One of my questions right off the bat, why not just $4,800? Why is it $4,809? Like, what? what is that extra $9? What am I getting for $9? Is it, I mean, is it like a, I don't know, is this, do I get a t-shirt? Is it the t-shirt? Can I just, can you keep the t-shirt, keep the nine bucks and just charge me $4,800? I don't know, it's just weird. Anyway, the themed, I'm reading back to uh, CNET's article, the themed hotel, which lets you spend a few nights aboard a spaceship in a galaxy far, far away, opens in spring 2022. So this is right around the corner. We're, we're talking spring 2022 is basically six, eight months away. The cost per person goes down a little as your party grows. The cost for three, in other words, two adults and one child, will start at $5,299 or about $885 per guest per night. And four, three adults and one child will cost $6,000 or about $750 per guest per night. Those rates are for standard cabins, <laughs> which can fit up to five people. Pricing for the fancier Galaxy Class Suite, which can accommodate four people, and Grand Captain Suite, which can fit up to eight, hasn't been revealed but you can bet they'll be stunningly expensive. For your Star Wars-inspired meals, the package includes two breakfasts, two lunches, two dinners, and one quick-service meal, an entree and a drink, per guest. Outside of this, non-alcoholic and alcoholic beverages will cost extra. In a new site for the Galactic Star Cruiser that went live Wednesday, Disney describes the attraction as, quote, part live immersive theater, part-themed environment, part-culinary extravaganza, part-real-life role-playing game. Wow. You can interact with characters on the cruiser and choose if you want to stick to the First Order's rules or help out the Resistance in a secret plot. You can also decide if you want to engage with the narrative or just chill out at times. The experience includes lightsaber training. Okay, that's pretty cool. And a trip to the planet Batu better known as Galaxy's Edge Theme Park, where you can engage in unique missions and get guaranteed spots on rides like Smuggler's Run and Rise of the Resistance. 
That's pretty cool. All right, so you get admission to the park. Galaxy's Edge is currently open in Disneyland in Anaheim, California, and in Disneyland's, uh, sorry, and in Disney World's Hollywood Studios in Orlando, Florida. All right, so basically this is a hotel that you check into. You're locked in there for two days, and it's an immersive experience, right? So so you're interacting with, with other guests, with the, with the hotel staff that are completely in character. If you look at the video and the images in this video, the the guy at the bar is a full-on Twi'lek dude. He's in a coat. He's got, he looks like a Twi'lek. He's clinking blue liquid with you, presumably. So the experience looks pretty cool. But $6,000, $6,000 for three adults and one child. $6,000 for a weekend. Uh, I better have Mark Hamill deliver my room service. And then um, I want <laughs> I want Harrison. I want Harrison to serve us drinks in the bar. Now, that would be cool. For six grand, if Mark Hamill delivers meals to our room and Harrison makes us drinks at the bar as Han Solo, then I'm in. $6,000. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Now, am I going to uh, try and convince Lisa that we should do it? Yes. Do I want to do it in the spring? Yes. Am I going to try and convince my wife that we should be one of the first to do this? Yes. <laughs> Are we going to be able to do it? Probably not. But is Steve going to try? Abso-freaking-lutely. All right. I promised a big announcement about the Wretched Hive, and I am not going to disappoint you. All right, you might want to be sitting down for this. So here we go. The big announcement is you can now send a text message to the show. That's right, we have a text line that you can use anytime you want to text with the show. You can interact with the show simply by sending a text message. And you've always been able to call the show, but who makes phone calls anymore? Well, Unless you're Scott, but we'll, we'll get to that. You can send a text message to the show to the same number that you've always been able to call the show. And that is 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. That's H-I-V-E in case you can't spell HIVE. Send a text message to 562-455-4483 and we will hit you back. It's 2021. Texting is the way to go. No one makes phone calls anymore unless your name is Scott Ivansky and <laughs> the Pack Bell rotary phone with the corded headset that you keep in your car and somehow have wired to work with the cell towers and that's why you never text and you only call your podcast co-hosts in the middle of the workday. And so you literally can't text 
if that's you, then you cannot text the show. But if that's not you, and you're in the, you know, the iPhone Android generation, text us at 562-455-4483 and we'll hit you back. All right, guys, have a wonderful, wonderful couple of weeks. I hope that we'll be back with a regular show, a show proper in the next couple of weeks. We can't wait for the Star Wars uh, television shows to hit the air and we'll be reviewing those weekly when they do. Until then, may the force be with us all. I agree entirely.